The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin trying to take a picture of her cat who looks really cute right now. <laughs> She's like sitting in her little bed staring out the window and it just is like so fucking cute. It's already good. begun. This is, hey, it's already, hey. yeah. Uh, and this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast that's usually about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and general shenanigans. But we're doing something a little bit different today. It is our very first, maybe annual, who knows, depends on how the Stars do next season, uh, all shenanigans podcast. <laughs> this is, yeah, we're doing only happy things today. Absolutely all shenanigans. So let's talk a little bit about why we are doing all shenanigans, only happy things. Because it's terrible out there. Because it's... Okay, so the Stars did win yesterday, which I find hilarious because this is when we had planned to to podcast about the fact that they hadn't won a game since the beginning of the season. Um, Also, like, the season itself still just kind of makes us mad. Oh, Um, yeah. I am fucking furious. Also... All the time. Also, also, there's the bullshit about Jamie Benn, which I feel no need to relitigate here. We both talked about it on Twitter. We yep. both retweeted a bunch of people talking about it on Twitter. Um, yep. If you if you somehow managed to miss this, Jamie Benn um, on Instagram has been liking posts from Candace Owens talking about um, trans athletes and how trans women should not be allowed to uh, compete with um, cis women, which mm-hmm. I find just absolutely reprehensible. Um, I It's transphobic at best mm-hmm. and just evidence of being a garbage human at worst. So um, we're, yeah, we're, we're just, it's, we, it's not that we don't want to talk about it. It's that we've done talked about it. You know, it's, um, <laughs> Yeah. We'd just rather concentrate on happy things today. (laughs) Like, to be, there's only so much of my life I can spend angry without just becoming an absolute wreck of a person. Absolutely. And I think um, it is very important to take time out, especially uh, as we are hitting the year anniversary of all being quarantined in our homes, Mm -hmm. um, to still be quarantined in our homes in in many ways. um, Mm -hmm. And uh, also have, you know, because... Hey, this I know you're in Colorado, but this is a Dallas Stars podcast and we are here in Texas. Governor Abbott <laughs> has proven that he doesn't give a shit about the health of Texans. Nope. Um, and HEB, my beloved haven of being safe to gr- grocery shop in Texas, is uh, basically saying, yeah, cool, we won't require people to wear masks in our stores anymore at all. So um, that all, everything is terrible. <laughs> It's really, really fucking rough out there. It's all bad. It's all bad. And it's been a year of it's all bad. So um, I'm I'm very ready to just talk about things that make us happy for the next however long we spend on this. Yes. So that's basically where we're at right now. Uh, This is a no hockey podcast. So if you came here to talk about hockey or learn about hockey or I don't know, you care a lot about how the Dallas Stars fucking suck this season, it is not the episode for you. However, if you want to talk about cute things, baby animals, uh, food, we like food. I think food's going to come up several times on this one. Fun entertainment. Food. This is the episode for you. Yes, this is the episode for you. 
Marin, why don't you sing us in? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, no, Sunday, Monday, happy things. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy things. Thursday, Friday, happy things. Happy things, happy things. Coming all week to you. Woo! All right, so we actually asked, we usually ask for questions. This week we asked everybody to send us their happy things. So I'm going to kick things off with the person we know and love. Jen, friend of the podcast, Jen says, number one, I finally accepted that I don't like making pie crust and have started buying store-bought pie crusts. I have made many delicious quiches since then. Okay, so you are a baker. Mm-hmm. A trained chef. I am. And I have never in my life tried to make a pie crust. Are they really that difficult? I think with practice, no. Okay. However, I have had a shit ton of practice. <laughs> yes. And so when people don't make them that often, it can be a big fucking deal. Like for me, it takes five minutes to make a pie crust and then you chill it for 30. But then there's all the flour and the rolling out and all of that. Like, I can totally understand why people don't want to make a pie crust. Plus, people seem to have like a weird, I don't understand how pie crusts are made kind of situation. Like, people are constantly asking me for what my recipe is. So actually, here you go, guys. If you have never made a pie crust or afraid of making pie crust, here's the easiest pie crust you can possibly make for a nine inch pie tin. Okay. Okay. Lay it on us. Three cups of- Wait, wait, wait. Pause for everybody to go grab a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper. Okay, now go. Three cups of all purpose flour. Half a teaspoon of salt, basically a pinch of, a generous pinch of salt. Uh, You will need six tablespoons of cold, cold butter and nine tablespoons of cold shortening. So just put it in the fridge. You will also probably need around half a cup of ice water, but you're just going to, you're going to eyeball that a little bit. So you take your flour, you take your salt, mix, mix, mix. Then, and I do this with my hands but you can do it with a pastry cutter. You can do it with two knives. You can do it in a fucking uh, food processor. People do that too. The next thing you're going to blend in is your nine tablespoons of shortening. You're gonna do this until they're about pea-sized. The pieces are about pea-sized. Then you're gonna blend in your butter. As you're blending in your butter, the butter should end up pea-sized, and then your shortening will end up much smaller and finer. This is what you want. Once you've got this all blended in, and you are trying to do this as fast as possible so that it all stays cold, you're going to moisten it with your ice water. has to be ice water. Again, we're trying to keep everything very, very cold. We don't want our fat to melt. And you're going to do that until everything just comes together. Like I said, it's going to be a about a third to a half cup. I would start with a third, but you can just do it tablespoon by tablespoon until it looks right. Because again, you don't want it to be sticky wet. You just want it to be moistened enough so it can come together into a nice ball. 
And again, you don't want to overwork it when you're mixing the water in either. You just want to try and do it as fast as possible. There's many, you know, so that's where the practice comes in, right? So the more you do this, the more you'll understand what that means. <laughs> then once you have it into a nice ball, wrap it in some plastic wrap and stick it in the fridge for a minimum of 30 minutes. You can also make it over, like do it the night before and then take it out and then roll it out. But you want to have it cold as possible the whole way through. So then when you're rolling it out, put some all-purpose down on the counter, roll it out as quickly as you can. Um, one thing I like to do is roll, 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 take a flat spatula, scrape it up off the bottom, because sometimes the butter will start melting and stick to the counter, and then rotate it 90 degrees. This helps you do keep it in a circle. Okay. But you don't have to. And then, yeah, just make sure you get at least an inch around the size of your, your plate, your pie plate that you're using. Cut it out, press it in, try to use the backs of your knuckles so you don't get nail marks on the inside. Because <laughs> that's gross. That is gross. And then you have a pie. Well, you have a pie crust. Well, you have a pie crust. You can fill it with whatever you want. You can make a quiche. You don't have to make a pie. Well, that's what she said. She made delicious quiches. Well, I, I, I'm a big fan of quiche. So anyway, that's this. how you make a pie crust. Interesting. <laughs> I may or may not try that at some point in the future. Yeah, it's a super duper easy recipe. All you have to remember is three, six, nine. Three cups flour, six cups, uh, six tablespoons butter, nine tablespoons shortening. Well, there's also the salt and the water. Yeah, but those are, number one, you have to have water. You're not going to forget the water. Like, it's not going to stick together without the water. Sure. And number two, if you forget the salt, you there are worse things in life. But yes, That's you do true. want a little bit of salt. Dope. Thank you for that. You're welcome. And now everybody can make pie, which is absolutely a happy thing. Yes, absolutely. So, Jen's second thing. Do you want to read it? Do you want me to read it? Uh, sure, you can read it. I volunteer at my city's vaccine clinic, and it's so great seeing people get their shots. Everyone is so happy to be there. We actually got a couple of vaccine-related happy things. Um, Captain Celery also says, I live in New Zealand and finally back to playing bagpipes again and still able to get to do normal things here. I'm so jealous. They're not. I don't know that he's necessarily actually vaccinated. Um, That's but true. Yeah, because New Zealand hasn't had... They've shut down their border, so they haven't had a problem with COVID. And, yeah. like, anytime there is one outbreak, they all they shut the entire country down. New so. Zealand has taken this seriously, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Although, I mean, it is easier on an island. But, yes, they have taken yes. it seriously. Uh, but we do have another vaccine-related one. Shiny and Whimsy says, my coworkers and I finally managed to get the second dose of the COVID vaccine this past week. Woo! I have also gotten two doses of the COVID vaccine. I, I got the Pfizer vaccine. So unfortunately, it wasn't Dolly Parton's vaccine, um, but it was the one that is actually more effective. So, <laughs> You know, I'll take it. I'm really happy for you. I mean, more effective by a single percent, but whatever. Yeah, I'm, um, you know, I'm really happy for me too, very much. Uh, it's been something I've been really worried about. So I've been um, way more diligent about quarantine than literally anybody else in the state of Texas. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my mom should be eligible to get the vaccine. Finally, the starting last Friday and her husband got his first dose a couple days ago too. So awesome. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. My dad got his, um, cause he works, he's a doctor, so he works in medicine, um, in a hospital. So mm -hmm. he got his before Christmas. 
Um, but my mom and I went together to get ours. So we're both, we both have had both shots now. And, you know, as much as we have very good reason to bag on the United States' vac- uh, COVID response, the U.S. is actually doing a bang-up job of getting people vaccinated. Mm. Like, especially even compared to, like, some other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I was talking to my friend Sabrina, who is currently in Germany. And apparently they're lagging behind like almost all the rest of the uh, EU because the German public is mistrustful of a vaccine that isn't German made. Oh, my God. Yeah. So like they um, the AstraZeneca one, which was made developed in the UK, like the UK is doing a pretty good job of getting everybody that one. And that one's going into the EU as well. But, like, the German public doesn't want one that was made in the UK. <laughs> so I think it's the Moderna one was also developed in um, concert with a German company. And so, that in fact, in Germany, they use the German company's name and not Moderna. Oh, my God. So but everybody's, like, trying to wait to only get that vaccine because it's the German one. So. That is oh, just so asinine. It's kind of wild. It's kind of wild. Meanwhile, I'm over here like, I would just fucking love to have anything. Just put anything in my veins. Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, Pfizer, I don't care. <laughs> I've actually been kind of wondering. I mean, I am fully on board with waiting until absolutely everybody has been vaccinated. But I've kind of, and I'm not a COVID expert, so please don't take this as medical advice. But like, I've been kind of wondering if I, if like, there isn't a way that I could also get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Simply because the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines don't stop you from getting or transmitting it. It just makes your symptoms better and, like, cuts down on hospitalizations and death. Mm -hmm. So you can still catch it and you can still pass it. You just won't have a bad time of it. But you could pass it to somebody who would have a bad time of it if they weren't already vaccinated. So um, I'm kind of... Wondering. And Johnson and Johnson has Johnson okay. and Johnson is it, it like is is lab tested to be effective against the against actually contracting the Ooh. coronavirus at all. So, hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things where it's like it, doubling up doesn't help that much. But I don't. Yeah, know. I don't know. I, there have it, obviously everything is so new. They haven't really been able to do any testing on how they interact or Mm -hmm. whether or not, and I can't find any recommendations as to whether or not, you know, you could get the Johnson and Johnson if you've already had one. So, um, you know, ask your medical professional friends about that one. Um, because I have no idea, (laughs) but yay vaccine. Yay. Let's, let's give it up for science guys. Clapping for science. of being in a hockey arena where they, they do that dun, 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 whatever that one yeah. is <laughs> everybody clap, clap your, your hands, hands. <laughs> yeah <laughs> excellent uh friend of the podcast julia says i want to hear a full rundown of all the animals on marin's parents farm okay so first of all In the room with me, I have my two cats that I have brought down from my condo to the ranch. And they stay in the lodge, which is um, where I work 
for 40 hours a week and also spend time de- pod, uh, podcasting right now and um, playing D&D. So it's where all of my computer shit is and like I spend a lot of time over here. So they are over here. Um, and my parents have one cat and one dog. And their cat ran out of fancy feast this morning and let us all know about it so loudly and so passionately that my dad, who hates cats, got in the car and drove 12 miles to the tractor supply so that he could get her more fancy feast. So that is how annoying she was this morning about the fact that we were out of her preferred cat food. That's Um, funny. Yeah. Fucking wild. And then um, outside of that, we have... From biggest to smallest, five cows. Five or six cows? Shit, we have five or six. Somewhere between five and six. (laughs) Um, They're all lady cows, except for the newest cow, which is currently a baby, and he's a boy. Um, We just recently, within the last two months, sold um, all of the boy cows that we had, because... We occasionally do that to then bring in new fresh blood into the herd. Mm-hmm. So um, these are not milking cows. I mean, you could milk them, but we don't milk them. Um, we sell them off uh, uh, to other. Well, we sell the boys off to be studs or to be slaughtered. Um, and we've kept all the girls. Um, <laughs> you know, because people eat meat. Uh, anyway. I do. I do know. I do know. Yeah, um, we. I don't think we've ever, like, we personally have ever actually eaten one of our cows, mostly because if we slaughter one cow, that's meat enough for two or three people for literally a fucking year, and we just yeah. haven't done it. But um, anyway, also, my mom has given them all names, and she feels kind of bad about eating people's that, or eating animals that she's named. I would hope um, that she feels bad about eating people that she's named. <laughs> I just referred to cows as people is what happened there. I know. Um, I know. I just like the idea of like, well, this baby, I could eat it, except now I've named it. Uh, Now I've named it. (laughs) Uh, We have three donkeys that are miniature donkeys, so not full-size donkeys. Um, And their names are, oh, I I only know some of the cow's names. The, The one I know the best is Tilly, and she is the one that I've posted videos of on Instagram where she like tries to gore you with her horns. Um, she was actually a lot more active and hateful when she was younger. She is now an old cow and is a lot less, um, filled with rage and anger. Um, or maybe she's still filled with the same rage and anger. She's just better, like, not as able to express it. Yeah. I mean, Um, that sounds like how people age really. Yeah, really. So, um, she, uh, so then we have the three donkeys and their names are Bitsy, uh, who is very old and also, um, entirely white and then we have fudge who is younger than bitsy and uh isn't is fudge colored she's brown Mm -hmm. and then we have mosby who is fudge's sister who was actually born on the ranch because we bought fudge and her mother who was not bitsy it was a different it was actually a different donkey named betty um and we bought fudge and betty and then it turns out that Betty was pregnant with Mosby, and so then we had Mosby, and now we have those three donkeys, because Betty, unfortunately, passed away during childbirth uh, a couple of years ago. Um, So we have those three donkeys, and Mosby um, loves my mother and will come when you call his name if you are my mother. He will not come for anybody else. Um, It's very cute, though. 
so they have a special little relationship. Um, but the donkeys will come around you, and if, especially if they believe that you have food for them. Um, we've had to move where we keep them because we used to just let them wander around the ranch because, like, we basically have donkeys to kind of uh, be pro- guard dogs against coyotes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have begun, for some reason, chewing on the doors to the hatchery and... Um, they're like tearing up the, uh, the borders on the doors and we can't figure out why. So whatever. We've just not letting them around there anymore. So those are the donkeys. Then we have goats and we have a couple of different varieties of goats. Um, and then we have one goat that is a guest goat. Um, that is actually the, like his owner or is one of my, the daughter of one of my mother's friends. I don't know. I don't know what kind of goat he is, but we have one boar goat, exactly one boar goat that we kind of inherited from somebody. We have um, three crosses between a Spanish goat and pygmies that basically look like pygmy goats, but with really long legs. So it's like kind of very strange and hybridy looking. Um, And then once those three goats, um, you know, go on to the great hereafter for goats, we're going to get more pygmy goats because we want more pygmy goats, but we want to stop accidentally having all of these crosses. So we have <laughs> just one kind of goat. Just a um, single kind of goat. Just a okay. single kind of goat. Um, because I don't even know that we meant to make the pygmy Spanish goat cross. It's just that like somehow we ended up with a Spanish goat. Like, I think that the people around us kind of assume that like, we're like a rescue ranch because mom is like, yeah, I'll take whatever. And so we have like a single boar goat, you know, like it's just like, who knows? So, um, we used to have Nubian goats as well. Um, and I don't know if you guys know what a Nubian goat looks like off the top of your head, but it looks a lot like, um, Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. We used to have Nubian goats actually when I lived on a little farm. Excellent. So Nubian goats look a lot like Jar Jar Binks. And so the one of the Nubian goats that we had, we actually named Binks because she looked so much like Jar Jar. So we have those goats, and then the mo- the majority of the animals that we have in the farm are actually Barbados sheep, um, and they people mistake them for goats all the time because they're not the big fluffy kind of sheep. They're um, you don't harvest these uh, sheep for their fur; you actually eat them. So these are meat goats, not fur goats. And you mean sheep's. Uh, I'm sorry. You mean sheep's? I did name sheep's. See, I was doing that down. So they are. Meat sheep, not fur sheep, is what I was trying to say. So they, um, if you look them up, they're like honestly the cutest fucking little faces I've ever seen on these sheep. And uh, they, we bought them, we bought the herd with the ranch. Um, obviously, we bought the herd like we bought the ranch more than ten years ago. So this is not normal. All of the sheep that we purchased with the ranch have passed on, and these are now their descendants. But um, what we do is we'll keep. Um, Uh, Like the best looking of the boys, the ones that are most in line with what Barbado sheep are supposed to look like. And then we'll sell the rest of the boys at auction. And uh, so that way my parents keep their ag exemption and um, because we're raising things. And then we also have um, a selection of turkeys. Mm -hmm. Um, And we actually do eat the turkeys at Thanksgiving and Christmas. And we have um, a selection of, I think we've actually, uh, all of the, we used to have guinea hens, and I think all of those those have died. 
Well, you used to have a bunch of ducks, and I think there's only one duck left, Jemima. Aww. Um, I love ducks. Love ducks. They're great. Um, we had Muscovy ducks. So one of the things my parents have tried to do is most of the animals that we have on the ranch are heirloom animals. Uh-huh. Um, so that's, um, and like most of the food that we grow too, because we also have a, um, a, a raised bed garden is all heirloom stuff. So we, so we have also a, um, flock of chickens. And I can't remember what kind of chickens they are. And then the last, last, last thing we have are four rabbits that my mother named Flopsy, Mopsy, Cottontail, and Peter. Of course. And Peter is a huge bully to Mopsy. So we have to actually, we used to keep them all together because they're all siblings and they're adorable and, you know, whatever. But then we had to start separating them. So now Mopsy is in uh, a little pen with either cottontail or flopsy i don't know which and peter is in a different one with either cottontail or flopsy cute speaking of heirloom one of the happy things that i've gotten to do recently is i started my seeds for my garden yay it's way too early to plant in the ground obviously Um, yeah march 7th today Mm-hmm. Um, but and in Colorado because you get a lot of late snow usually you know, people tend to not plant until about Mother's Day and um, but I started my seeds nice. so I um, I buy seeds actually from a site called uh, Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds it's rareseeds.org and they only do heirloom varieties nice nice so trying to do that Though I will say I did get some burpee seeds, which are just normal ass seeds, in large part because I had to randomly buy. (laughs) I, for some reason, I thought I was out of lettuce, but I was out of peas. And so I was like, shit, I need to get the peas because peas actually can go in the ground very early because they like being cold when they germinate. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, it's actually really kind of cool. Like, so it was almost 70 yesterday and it's probably going to be pretty you know, 50s and 60s for the next couple of weeks. So I'm planning on getting out and doing a lot of gardening this coming week, which is exciting. I love gardening. It'll be nice to actually, like, get dirty a little bit. Yeah. Um, We, obviously, in Texas, we can grow all year round unless there's, like, a snowpocalypse like there was a couple weeks ago. Um, So my parents kind of put stuff in whenever is (laughs) the right time for Texas. Yeah. Um, Very good. Are you doing any tomatoes this year? I am. I have a variety called a German lunchbox tomato. Okay. We've done this. Yeah. Well, there, I, so the reason I'm so excited about getting my seeds started is I just, I think I fucked up last year. Like, frankly, Um, I have a house that faces my um, windows face east, west, which is not great light. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, and I had last year had my seed started in my office because I can just prop it up on the radiator right next to the big, big window. But I just don't think it got enough light because it only gets afternoon light. Mm, Like, and so this year what I'm doing is I'm kind of rotating it from the front, which gets the morning light to the back, (laughs) which will get the afternoon light. That sounds like so much work. It does. But like, I honestly didn't get actual tomato plants growing like, for reals, I harvested three tomatoes last year. Oh, wow. Okay. Because, like, they just didn't grow and didn't grow and didn't grow, even after I got them outside. And I don't know. But 
also very exciting on my gardening journey. My neighbor had a friend who was uh, moving from a house to a condo. And the friend had like an extra hose. So my neighbor went and just grabbed it from her. And now we have a hose and I'm not just using my little watering can. Nice. Very exciting. That is exciting. <laughs> um, I have a recommendation for tomatoes, if you want. Mm-hmm. And that is it. the Cherokee purple kind. Ooh. They're so... I don't even like tomatoes, and I like Cherokee purple tomatoes. Okay. Well, there you go. If you haven't already gotten your seeds, which actually, because of COVID, gardening has gotten super fucking popular. Like, yeah. super popular. So my mom always orders from this seed site called Johnny's. And apparently, like, she had to get her order in at, like, the second week of January before they stopped accepting orders from non-ag partners. Oh, okay. like, Straight up. So I I guess uh, try and order your seeds now if you haven't already ordered your seeds. Because you might be too late. (laughs) You may be too late now. Yes. But rareseeds.org is really cool. Like they have some really cool varieties that like they do a lot of like um, uh, uh, Asian vegetables too that like you don't typically see in the U.S. Which is fun. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. My friend... um... Anna is trying to do corn in her backyard this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, you're, I, sh- she doesn't have a big enough yard to actually make like corn really worth it. She also did wheat the other, a couple of years ago. And I was like, you're not going to make any bread with that. You're, you, you, she like planted like four plants of wheat. I was like, <laughs> what you're, what are you going to do with this wheat? Like, <laughs> at least I'm saying wheat with a T and the W-H-E-A-T, not weed. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, she posted, she planted wheat. And I was like, I just don't understand. I just don't understand what you're doing with this. <laughs> well, do you have a happy thing from the last couple of weeks? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've gotten, <laughs> I don't know. Time frame has been so weird. <laughs> it's certainly not the stars. So um, I've gotten back into fiction writing in a big way, which mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about. And it's like not anything I'm necessarily sharing with people. Um, it's more just stuff that I'm like kind of doing writing exercise kind of stuff. And that's been very fun and exciting. Um, and just like reminding me of what I liked about writing in the first place. So maybe someday I'll develop it into something that I want to show people, but not right now. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just, um, I've been challenging myself recently to do like 500 words a day. And like, I'm actually doing it and actually putting out stuff that I'm happy with. So that's nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I will say, I you know. I'm very lucky to be Marin's friend because sometimes she shows me her writing. Yes. It's very good. It is very good. She made me cry the other day, which was some bullshit and not what friends are supposed to do, but it was fiction. So I, I made myself cry writing that. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, sometimes that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you write to process emotions. So I am pretty fucking happy. Actually, this is my for realsies, realsies happy thing. On the same lines, I finished writing a novel on Friday. Yeah. Like a full-on fucking novel. Like, I still have to do a shit ton of editing and everything like that to it. But, like, yeah, 94,000 words. That is 
that is very much a novel. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I was, that just reminded me that I was playing this game with my parents and two of their friends last night. Um, and the, the game is called wild ass guess. And the mm-hmm. point of it is that like they ask you a question that you couldn't possibly know the answer to, and you're just supposed to make a guesstimate. Mm-hmm. So like, for instance, uh, one of the questions that we asked when we were all camping back in November was how many pounds of ham were on the Titanic when it sank? Oh gosh. And the answer is somewhere in the ballpark of 8,000 pounds of ham. Oh, fuck. I know. So, like, you're supposed to make these wild-ass guesses, right? Well, I asked a question the other day, that, like, last night when we were playing, and the question was, how long is the recording of the King James Bible that was made in, like, 1957 or whenever the first one was recorded? And, you know, I was going based on how long I know most audiobooks are and how long I know most novels are in word count and came up with literally the exact answer which is 84 and a half hours holy shit good job thank you the word count on the King James Bible is 775,000 words holy fuck yeah (laughs) was now here's my question for you and you may not know was it in Latin or was it in English? It was in English. Okay. Well, because 57 is right there on that cusp of when a lot of that was done. No, I know, but the King, James, the King James translation is is an English translation. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. It was the, I, it was the translation ordered by King James. That's why they called it the King James. Okay, yeah. yes. I don't know shit about the Bible. I don't no, know. No, that's cool. That's, that's fine. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't telling you because I thought maybe you should know this. I was just telling. But the funny thing is, that my, so like in this game, you get points based on a range. So they give you the bottom part of the range and the top part of the range. And then if the, the person closest to the actual answer gets like the most points. So I got the most points on that one. My mom, my mom's guess was 16 hours. Which Aww. I was like, mom, that's a adorable she didn't even make it into the bottom part of the accepted range and i was like mom no like i have listened to a 16 hour long novel and it was way under 70 like seven hundred and seventy-five thousand words okay like come on <laughs> oh she's so funny well, i don't listen to a lot of audiobooks i would have been way off on that i have um you listen to a lot of audiobooks. No, well, that's, I was getting ready to say that. I have started <laughs> listening to more audiobooks, especially during quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, when I was living by myself in my condo, it was so fucking silent yep. all of the goddamn time that I started, uh, especially, I mean, I honestly, I started doing this after Mary moved out. I would wander around my condo with like a podcast going or a book on, you know, an audiobook going literally all the time because I, I it was just a little too quiet yeah I'm the same so, way like yeah <clears throat> I've been listening to a lot of music lately because I also have like I'm the kind of person you know when I write I like to have like a playlist like a themed playlist oh, it so has like to be absolutely silent for me when I write oh no 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 gotta be I gotta have music so like the first two hours of my day because I'm still unemployed is like straight wall-to-wall <laughs> basically the same 20 songs over and over and over again is my it, Spotify year end is just going to be like, oh, this is your writing playlist. Is it all going to be K-pop? <laughs> no, actually, I mean, yes. Yeah. So my number one most listened to song is 100% going to be K-pop. 
which is another happy thing for me. My favorite K-pop band has another album coming out next this coming week. Nice. Which is exciting. Um, but no, my number one song and number two song are probably both going to be K-pop. So my favorite song is After Midnight by Wavy. And my second favorite song is Scream by Dreamcatcher, which are two very different vibes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, but, um, yeah, no, my writing playlist is usually like, honestly, like Florence and the Machine <laughs> and then like whatever other sad girl shit there is. <laughs> oh, nice. I've been listening to more music too than I was listening to when I was at my house. Like at my house, it was like all podcasts all the time, but like down here with my pa- my parents, um, like one of the things that my parents and I do for funsies is we'll sit down and play card games for like hours. Mm-hmm. If we have like moments in between while my mom is waiting for a timer in the kitchen, we'll sit down and play like three hands of runny. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we're doing that, I, we always listen to music. And part of that is so that I can discourage them from airing any terrible opinions about things. Yep. Um, and part of it is just because we all uh, like listening to music. So that's, that's, uh, we, I've been listening to so much more music recently. Um, and I've been introducing my parents to like, you know, cause I'm on TikTok. I'm still on TikTok. I will never leave TikTok probably. Um, but I follow a lot of like, uh, musician TikTok people, like, like indie, like I, I just wrote this song, Hey, I'm going to release it on Spotify kind of things mm-hmm. where like, I am within the first hundred listeners of this one song, you know? <laughs> and so I've been introducing them to a lot of those kinds of artists too. And like, they're actually really loving some of the stuff, which is great. Nice. Um, yeah. So I have not played them any, did I tell you about the, uh, um, this is actually a happy thing for me just in general. Uh, there's this artist on TikTok called Semler. And um, she actually, like her TikTok is called The Baldridges or something like that. But she releases music under Semler, which is her middle name. And she is, she was raised by a preacher. Um, she's gay. Um, and is married to a woman. And obviously because she's gay. I don't know why I have the need to specify that. But um, she she is still a Christian, but like feels very, very pushed out of the Christian space because she's queer. And so she um, wrote a, a, an entire ass album about about being marginalized and pushed out of Christian spaces because of her sexuality. And um, it is amazing. It's like very. It's very, it's a very good album, even if you're not Christian, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. because it talks about a lot of problems in the church that are exposed by their reaction to gay people mm-hmm. um, or, you know, anybody that doesn't fit into the cookie cutter example of what a Christian should be. And it, it's just a really, really good album. And when it debuted for a little while, it was number one on the Christian charts on Apple. Yay! It was, it, like, she posted so many videos when that happened, and she was, like, crying, and, like, it was so funny, because all these Christians were so mad about it. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! It was great. Anyway, I highly recommend that album. Um, It's called, it's called Preacher's Kid, I think. Um, The artist is Semler. It's S-E-M-L-E-R. So, I posted about it on Twitter when it happened, but, like, seriously, y'all, go listen to this album. It is so good. Like, it's so, it's so great because, like, let me look at the lyrics real quick. I want to really read you one of the lyrics. Okay. Because, like, honestly, I started crying about it. Um, My best friend found God, so we lost touch. I guess the Savior beats a friend who thinks you're good enough. 
I hope she finds love and peace. And if her kid comes out, I hope that she calls me. Oh my God. Oh, what a terrible honor it's been to learn that my blessings are things you call sins. I'll spend the rest of my life tearing down the Jesus from Texas you put in a crown. <sighs> Fuck. And this album was number one on the Christian charts. Like, how amazing is that? That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's so good. I, I love it. In a similar vein, but a very much less serious one. Uh, I just realized, I just learned today, straight up today, that Kesha put out an album last year. Yes, she did. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, I <laughs> Anyways, love it. Anyway, so I'm going to be blasting that on repeat. I did I not realize how much I loved Kesha until she stopped being Kesha with the dollar sign. Mm-hmm. Like, she, her, that album that she made when she first was releasing under her own name yep. was so fucking good. And everything I've heard from her since then has just been so great. Like, I just, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. anyway, Kesha's, Kesha's great. I love Kesha. Kesha's fantastic. And, like, I really like on this album, the high, uh, high Road, it's called High Road, that she does a lot of stuff that, like, references her country music roots because she's mm-hmm. from Nashville. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's still very, like, electronic pop kind of stuff. She still raps a lot. But, like, it's, they, she also does, like, a little bit of twang, and you can tell, like, there's some Southern in her voice. And yeah, well, she had one of those, I mean, she had one of those, like, she had a very twangy country song on um, that first album, too, mm-hmm. which I really, mm-hmm. really loved. Anyway, Kesha, fucking great. Um, she right. was also on the, speaking of Kesha, on the um, Greatest Showman cover album. Oh. Um, I... The Greatest Showman is the worst movie with the best soundtrack I've ever seen. <laughs> I've heard this from multiple people now. It's just not a great film. Like, I just, like, it's not a compelling story. I don't give a shit about P.T. Barnum. Like, they don't really concentrate enough on any one thing that I'm interested in for me to really even be like, yes, you should watch this film. But, like, the soundtrack goes so fucking hard <laughs> on every single song that you're just like, yeah, like shit, this is the greatest show. And it's not. It's not. It's not at all. But the soundtrack is so good. And so, like, that whole album of covers that they did when they had Fall Out Boy doing the greatest show, you're like, oh, my God. It's so good. It's so I'll have to look that up. I haven't heard that. Oh, you should definitely look this up. I think it was um, Fall Out Boy. Now I need to go look. It's Panic at the Disco. Oh, well, you know, same sound, different band. Same sound, different band. Uh, okay, we have a couple more happy things from I'm our, sorry, our listeners. Dude, no, dude. This, this is, is what like, it's all about. This is what it's all about. Getting excited about little things. That's yes. the point of this entire podcast right now. Yeah. I really like this next, <laughs> next one. Uh, it's from RJC Sport. And he is happy that the Broncos haven't lost. <laughs> Not that they've won every game, but he has framed it in that they haven't lost. This is such a sports fan. I really wish that this was something that I could be happy about, but it's not. Well, so the part this is such a sports fan happy thing because it's not football season. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> football is over. <laughs> Fun, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, that one's pretty good. So then that, that still means that's something that I wish that I could be happy about because I do wish the Stars weren't currently playing. <laughs> fair. Also very fair. Yeah. 
Uh, Pat Iverson, host of the brand new The Plus One podcast. So if you do actually want a podcast talking about the stars right now, you can listen to that. You know, I, w- I really want to talk about The Plus One podcast because I love the concept of it. It's like, so good. It is a really great concept. Each, each, the, the, the re- one of the reasons it's called The Plus One podcast is that he adds one minute of podcast time after each game. So the first podcast was only a minute long. Mm-hmm. The second one, only two minutes long. And, like, obviously so on and so forth. But, like, it's such a hilarious concept. <laughs> like, I, I really genuinely do love it. Yes. And, of course, it's such a Pat concept, too. So it is very much I'm, a Pat I'm very happy that he's doing this. Yes. Uh, but he has a whole list of happy things. Um, number one, Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars, which I think we're yes. all very happy about. We are all very happy about Jason Robinson of the Dallas Stars. Uh, number two, WandaVision. I still haven't watched it. I haven't watched it either, but I hear really good things. I've heard nothing but good things. It's just that, like, I've been so concentrated on doing my movie challenge that I haven't really watched a lot of TV shows recently. Number three, y'all, which is very sweet. That is very sweet. We We are also happy about you. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the time. I'm just kidding. Uh, number four, my NHL 20 Dallas Stars, who are way better than the real thing. I have yet to ever play at one of the NHL video games, even though I love video games. I just haven't played them. I don't care enough. Yeah, I'm I'm not a video game person, unlike you, but like, that's certainly, if I was a video game person, I would just, I would 100% be like the Final Fantasy video game person. I would never yeah. play sports games. <laughs> no, then that's kind of where I am. I'm not a sports game person. I'm a, I play Mass Effect. I play... Horizon Zero Dawn. I play Dragon Age. I don't play. I don't play sports. Isn't there a new Dragon Age coming out this year? Um, I don't think it's coming out this year. It is it, the new Dragon Age has been announced, but okay. like they just recently actually scrapped the whole concept again because. Oh. Well, so let's talk about Dragon Age for a minute. So Dragon Age was first developed by Bioware, who within the last 10 years was purchased by EA because, you know, video yeah. games are where love goes to die. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, EA is not, I mean, they're, they're like the biggest video game company in the Western world anyway. And, you know, they're very focused on co- uh, quantity over quality. And mm-hmm. that's not, that has never been Bioware's game. And, um, they also Coincidentally, are EA is the one that makes NHL 20. Precisely. They're also, like, EA was also very big into the everything must have an online multiplayer component. There mm. must be an option for microtransactions. Mm. Um, you know, like, so all these kinds of things. And so that's kind of where they were trying to push Dragon Age 4 was nothing but, you know, there was going to be this big multiplayer component of it. There was going to be, there were going to be all these options for um, uh, microtransactions and stuff like that, except that a couple of recent games, and I don't, I don't really, I don't play enough video games to know exactly which ones are the ones that kind of swayed them, but they've really kind of seen that what they were doing to video games with all these microtransactions and all that, the multi-online player shit was not the model that people were really invested in and that there's been a lot of success in like just having single players. They've also had a, a lot of recent flops like Anthem um, from Bioware and EA was like, uh-huh. an absolute disaster. And one of the Star Wars games that they made um, that they had 
uh, like just a single player component too did really well. So mm. it's just like they they've kind of seen that like what they were wanting to do to you know make a shit ton more money was not working for them. So they Dragon Age Four was supposed to have all this online stuff, but then they were like, oh, you know that's not what Bioware wanted to do with it anyway. So we're gonna we're gonna take all of that away. But then that's you know now they have to develop this whole other aspect of the game. So. Um, as far as we can tell, they're not giving us any like firm release dates yet, but it's pushed everything back because ah. the original trailer that they made for the game now no longer exists. So. <laughs> well, I'm glad that they're going back to the roots. Like, I feel like yes. that's when things are most successful and meaningful and tend to have the more important fun narratives and that sort of thing. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I mean, like, the Dragon Age franchise in general has been a bit of a nightmare. It's amazing that those games are even any fun to play. Um, (laughs) Because in the second one, they rushed production so much that, like, the entire game happens in the same town. You never leave it. Like, you play 25 hours of this game, and you never get a new place to be um and that i mean honestly sounds like it's boring as fuck except i actually do quite enjoy that game but i enjoy that game because of the writing and the character development Mm. um you know not because i'm like so excited about going to get another corner of the same fucking city i've been in for the last 15 hours (laughs) um and then when they made dragon age 3 it was like this huge world with all these different areas and all these different places to go to and all this absolutely gorgeous scenery um and the fact that it works at all as a game is amazing because they also rushed production on that and it was very much like all put together kind of last minute and the fact that it that it came together at all is amazing and like ea was kind of like okay well that's the model that you have to go on now is like putting together things that like slab dash in a in a rush and you know hope for the best so you know, not not really conducive to putting anybody's best work together. Well, I will keep my fingers crossed for Dragon Age Four. And Thank 3. you, because I, I have a lot, and, and you're not my only friend who's a big. I have a ton of friends who are big Dragon Age fans. So God, I fucking love Dragon Age so much. <laughs> um, I uh, yes, yes, I have um, dabbled in writing uh, some additional scenes to Dragon Age just to punch up some of the shit that happens in that game. Just, you know, just as a writing exercise, I will occasionally just be like, oh, well, this is also happening back here in the background. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's romance. Sometimes it's just like, I want to talk about what would happen um, if these two people had a conversation that never have a conversation. So that's also been something I've been playing around with um, just for funsies in the background. But man, um, yeah, I love those games so much. His last happy thing is... My passenger. And then he attached a picture of his very cute dog. Wait, what? Where's the picture of the cute dog? In the tweet. Oh, I missed it. It's got to go to our, our Twitter account. Oh, okay, I'll go to our Twitter account. Oh, that's not, I can't go to the Twitter account there. <gasps> oh my god, that is a cute dog! That is a very sweet baby. Dog. That is a sweet baby. Okay, cool. Yes, dope. Picture of dog. Quarantine. Quarantine, what are you up to in quarantine? Usually when we talk about media, which I thought was, we sh- I should have done it before we even went into the Dragon Age thing. 
It's okay. Yeah, you should have because I mean, I haven't <laughs> been playing Dragon Age though, so um, that's that's just I that rant was just free of charge. Um, <laughs> I so I re- this week I watched a movie called Nomadland. Um, I've heard of this. It was so good. Okay, so one of the things I'm not gonna like. There's it's weird because it's a it's basically a a biopic. Like mm-hmm. it's a it's a true story about this woman. Um, and the book is also called Nomadland. But Frances McDormand plays this woman who, uh, prior to the movie starting, had lived in this small town in Nevada called Empire Nevada, and it was like the town was entirely based around this mine. Like, the old mining towns that you heard about where the company owns fucking everything. Oh. So, they owned the houses that everybody lived in. They owned everything about this town. And at the, at this town, Zenith, it only had 750 residents. Because literally, it was only there for the mine. Uh-huh. Well, in the early 2000s, or the late 90s, can't remember which, um, the town, the, 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 no, it would have been the, it would have been the 2000s because name was on. Anyway. The town shut down because the mine shut down and they gave everybody until June to move out of their houses because, and they gave them until June so that kids could finish the school year. But basically they shut the town down and they no longer even use the zip code because there's nothing there. Um, and so at the same, around the same time, this woman's husband died. And so she is without a home, without a husband, you know, has no money, no income mm-hmm. coming in. And so she basically purchases a van and turns it into um, her home. And she, it's like one of those big, it's one of those big Chester and the Molester vans. Like Mm -hmm. it's one of the big, like 16 passenger vans. Like that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about a van. And so Frances McDormand plays this woman who basically is, the whole movie is just about her kind of adapting to this nomadic lifestyle. And, um, uh, she, she meets other people on the road and, you know, kind of learns a bunch of tips and tricks from them. Um, and the cool thing about it, one of the coolest things about it, I think, is that the other people in the movie, other than David Strader, who is also in it, are all actual, like, people. They're all actual nomads that live in this lifestyle. They're cool. not actors. And so she has all these really great conversations with them about why they're on the road. And they're all the real stories about why these people are on the road. It was, man, it was just really good. To the point that some of them did not know that Frances McDormand was an actress. And so she's having this conversation at the end of the movie with with this guy named Bob, whose real name is Bob. And um, she's telling him about, you know, her husband that died and why she why she went on on the road. And he comes up, up to her after they're done filming and says, hey, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing about your husband. You really opened up. And, you know, I think things are going to get better for you and, like, all this kind of stuff. And she had to be like, no, I'm sorry. I'm an actress. Oh. My husband is fine. <laughs> like, how awkward would that conversation be? But, like, it was so sweet. Like, the whole thing. The, the movie was just so, so good. Like, it was, it was a lot of emotion and a lot of things that, like, you know, I don't know. And it, it was just a very, very beautifully put together movie. Loved it. Didn't it? I think it won Best Director, right? Like at the Golden uh, Globes? It won something at the Golden Globes because that's why I watched it. Um, I, I, I have a couple of friends who I watch movie, like we're doing that movie challenge. And um, they put together a list of um, the awards, like the movies that are getting award awards nominees and, mm-hmm. and buzz and stuff like that. And so um, no, that's the reason I even picked it at all because I hadn't actually heard of it um, outside of this. 
but they did get okay they it won best motion motion picture drama and best director oh well there you go at the golden Globes. they've got it's, it's been nominated for a shit ton of awards like it's been nominated for independent spirit awards it won satellite awards a bunch of critic awards um it won a couple of awards at uh, film festivals and stuff so cool yeah uh, it's on Hulu, so I recommend. Well, the reason I wanted to bring up the what are you doing in quarantine is one of the happy things was right into the media section because Liv is happy about Hollow Knight, the video game, which I have never played because I don't I've never played that either. I've never even heard of this game. I've heard of it before and not just from her, but I don't know anything about it. Um, But she's also happy about sea dramas, so... Much like K-dramas, C-dramas are the Chinese dramas that are out there. And there's a ton of those on Netflix, too. Um, I watched The Untamed, which I can't say I loved. Like, a lot of people I know loved it. Yeah, I the... heard, I've, I've, I've seen so many people talking about that thing, so. I think the characterization is fantastic, and I really like the story and the relationships and the characters and everything that happens with the characters. But it's 50 episodes long, and it should probably be 25. Okay. <laughs> so it's one of those situations. Um, but there are actually a bunch of C-dramas that I am kind of interested in that I have friends watching. But I just started watching a new K-drama, and this is very different. Like, I would, I went into it looking for something that was a little bit more mystery horror type, because I've been watching so much romance, and I'm like, no. I'm very much, like, on a murder kick right now. But this one is actually would be good for your uh, list of of shows. I guess you were doing movies, but like about orphans that get superpowers. Oh, that was movies, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's basically a show about an orphan that gets super superpowers. Oh, cool. Um, but it's really interesting. It's like a, it's a very modern superhero take. It's called The Uncanny Counter. I really, really like it. Um, I'm nine episodes in and so far there's not really been like romance romance like there's a hint that something is coming but it's certainly not the focus of the show and it's got like really fun action sequences and a really interesting plot that you know it's it's a very different take i think on your average superhero yeah thing so my, my main problem with watching um shows and movies that are not in english is that i do most of my watching while i'm working so, like, it's 90% listening to things instead of watching them necessarily. So, um, it's a harder for me to dedicate time to um, those kinds of things. But I am putting it on my list. Because I also need to watch Space Sweepers. And yeah, that one I started and, like, parts of it are in English. But, like, it's also in, like, every fucking language. And they all just understand each other. And, which I think is really dope. I just, like, I need to be able to actually pay attention and read it instead of just mm -hmm. watching it or just listening to it so well let me know how you like that one because it's i haven't i haven't watched a ton of movies like that's my thing is i don't tend to watch a ton of movies oh i have a list of good ones <laughs> if you want it yeah feel free to share that with me later okay um but i've also been watching a shit ton of criminal minds which i oh, can't really? actually recommend it's not good but it's filling that hole of i just need something to listen to in the background yeah that's well, that's like, that's me and like my 15th rewatch of Julie and the Phantoms because I <laughs> don't need to pay attention to that show anymore. 
I just want to listen to the music. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I could do the same thing with just listening to it on um, Spotify, but then I can't occasionally get to see them. And I like watching, especially Mr. Molina, who is just like the hottest dad I've ever seen. The hottest dad. I watched, after we talked last time, I watched Julian the Phantoms and uh, yeah, it's, it is, it is, a, is as Marin described, feel good show. The music's really fun. And Mr. Molina is so hot. <laughs> All of the music is just like, it's like a, a show of nothing but like verified bops. It's like, super I just bops, love yeah. that. Like the music is so good. So earwormy, so poppy and like catchy and yeah, I just love mm-hmm. it. And yeah. Yeah. I, but I'm, I've watched that show like m- more times through than I'm comfortable admitting to. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also nine episodes of it's Half super Hour Show. Short. Like, it, yeah. yeah, like I could I could watch it five times in one week because I just put it on in the beginning of my workday and it's done by the end of my workday, you know? Like <laughs> and I didn't have to really pay attention to any of it. Yeah. That's the best way to watch those kinds of things after you see it the first time. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is. It is. All right. You want to do the next one? Dougal is happy about learning. Okay, she says, I have learned how to bake scone. Please discuss pronunciation of scone. And I'm pretty sure that this is because Dougal is from the UK where it's scone. Yeah, she's Scottish. Yes. <laughs> so it's very scone. <laughs> it's very scone. And I love the pronunciation of scone, except that mm. if I said it here in the US, fucking nobody would know what I was talking about. Well, so what I need to thing. do is move to England so I can pronounce things the way I want to. Well, okay. Here's the other thing I appreciate about the pronunciation of scone as a, an American person, because it allows us as Americans to differentiate between a, a British scone and an American scone, which are two very different things. Yes. Yes, they are. So if you're not familiar with it, you have not watched all of the Great British Bake Off like most people in the world have at this point. But if you haven't, a British scone is almost exactly like an American biscuit. Yes. It's not as good as an American biscuit, in my opinion. <laughs> L- listen, we're about there to lose a listener. Things, but... There are some things that the Americans have, ele- have like elevated into an art form, and biscuits are one of them. Yes. A hundred percent. Like, there, I, there will never be a better breakfast bed bread to me than a biscuit. A really well done biscuit. Like, you could try, but you will fail. I, I, I agree with that 100%. That is correct. This is 100% <laughs> correct takes right now. Yes. But yeah, buttermilk biscuits are like the height yes. of breakfast oh, breads. Oh, God, yes. Oh, God. Although, my mom has a new garlic and cheese biscuit recipe. I will send it to you. Okay, then please. Because um, I love all the words you just said. <laughs> They're so fucking good. <laughs> uh, so, and then the scone is like, it's trying to be like a buttermilk biscuit, but it's not as good. It's not as flaky and tender. And then an American scone is typically more of like a pastry. And like... A British scone is like intended to have like butter and jam and stuff like that added to it. Whereas a American scone doesn't have anything, is doesn't get toppings. It has all of the stuff inside. Well, it gets icing sometimes. Yeah, but it's not like you put butter and jam on it. No, you don't put butter and jam on it most of the time. So yeah. I do like having the two different pronunciations because it's very different things. Well, and that's kind of like 
the English muffin versus the muffin here and like just muffins there because they don't have a muffin. Just so wild. I can't like just make muffins. They're so good. Muffins? No, and don't don't get me wrong. I actually very much like an English muffin. I which is more like muffin. their scone, <laughs> but isn't actually a scone. Right. I <laughs> fucking love an English muffin. I do. I have them for breakfast most mornings. But I also like a regular ass American muffin. There is this place near my friend Tessa's house in Michigan that does a maple bacon muffin. Ooh. That is like the most delicious moist muffin, like maple muffin that you can think of with bacon bits inside and then topped with more bacon bits. Yum. That sounds and delicious. It is, I'm, I'm actually salivating a little. Just <laughs> <laughs> fucking muffin right now. Wait, oh okay, God, hang it's on. so good. If biscuit is the best breakfast bread, which I do think, even even going back and thinking about it, I do believe that the biscuit is the best breakfast bread. Yes, it is. I think bagel has to be number two. For me. <sighs> top three breakfast breads, go. Biscuit? I, I mean, I think bagel's in the top three. I just, I would probably put an English muffin above it. Oh, no. I would definitely. Just because I feel like for me, I am, see, I don't, okay, are we going with, like, the favorite as in, like, in a perfect world, I would eat this, or, the, like, the most accessible? Perfect world, I would eat basis? this. Okay, then, yes, I would put bagel next. Yeah, because it has to be, like, a good bagel. It has like, to be a good bagel. You have to have the right topping for it, which yeah. is, like, the creamy cream cheese, not, like, your store-bought cream cheese. Mm-hmm. Ideal. Because, uh, like, God. The Einstein Brothers schmear that you can put on those things. So good. I mean, even the Panera schmear is good. Like, But you know how you make that, is you just whip it in a I know. In a stand I don't have, who has the time? They do. Um, what? They do, because that's their professions. Right. <laughs> no, no. I meant, I meant in your, your normal average person who has a fucking... And I know you can buy the whip stuff at the grocery store, but like... That's way is, more expensive. That's so much more expensive. It's so much more expensive and it doesn't go as long. Like, no. why would you waste the money on this? Nope, nope, nope. So number one, biscuit. Number two, bagel. And then number three, English muffin for you? I would, for me, I would go with number three, English muffin. Because, like, I do like a pancake and I do like a waffle. But, like, I, I prefer... Now, I wouldn't call those breads. No. Yeah, what are they then? I don't know. Pancakes. <laughs> I mean, they're bready items. They are, they are they bready items, but I wouldn't call them breads. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Then yes, I'm very content with the with the options that I have there. I guess my question is, do we consider a muffin a bread? I mean, is a biscuit a bread if a muffin is a bread? Biscuit is definitely a bread. Well, then my muffin's a bread. I'm just asking because I think mus- muffins have a lot more cake-like properties. That's true, they do. I mean, isn't a muffin just a small cake? Not really. A cupcake is a small cake. A cupcake is a small cake. They use different flowers. Oh, that's true. Well, not when, not when Naren is making them. <laughs> <laughs> I have never in my life purchased cake flour. Ever. <laughs> okay, okay. Here's my top three. I'm, I'm, I think I'm actually with you on one and two. Okay. And I'm going to be actually even a little more specific. Uh, buttermilk biscuit, number one. Mm-hmm. Everything bagel, number two. A good oh, if we're getting that specific, then I w- I'm also going with the buttermilk biscuit, but I am going to have to go with the Asiago cheese um, bagel. That's a ho- solid fucking choice. Uh, everything bagel, though, is my go-to. I love a New York everything bagel. 
My number three, I think, and this is going to be extremely Carolyn specific, is banana bread with cream cheese on it. I do love a good banana bread. And because anytime I run out of it or, you know, make YOLO banana bread, like it's 100% eaten as breakfast. Yeah. And I think that's my preferred third uh, breakfast. I mean, bread. the last time I made banana bread, I ate the entire loaf in one day and it was <laughs> spread throughout the day. So like... It doesn't really matter to me when I eat banana bread, but I do, I do consider that to be a breakfast bread. Yes. Okay. I think that's a good, everybody at us with your top three breakfast items. Breakfast bread. Breads, specifically breads. Feel free to debate whether or not a muffin is bread or a cake. (laughs) It's a hot dog sandwich. (laughs) Yes. And no. Yes. And no. All right. Last one. Last, last happy thing of the day. I'm very proud of what we've accomplished here. I think we've done a good job keeping it light. I think everybody's done a great job. They have. You guys are fantastic. We love you so much. The best. Sarcastic, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) The best Shani in all the land asks, can y'all talk about how amazing Drawn Terribly, that is on Twitter, at Drawn Terribly, as it's spelled, is? Her wonderful artwork always puts a smile on my face. So I've never actually seen any of this. So I'm going to her uh, timeline right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so good. <laughs> I have seen this retweeted onto my timeline before, but like, it's amazing. And the thing is, it is in fact so bad, <laughs> but it's beautiful. This is so good. I love I this know. a lot. The big Dickinson energy one? (laughs) (laughs) Those arms definitely belong to two different people is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Oh God. I love it so much. Oh my God. This is so, so good. A Renaissance painting. Or on Dobby, to the Great Plain. So good. <laughs> the Renaissance painting is great. Oh my god, what is that face? Oh my god. I do love Sister Klingberg as well. Sister Klingberg is great. I love Sister Klingberg. Oh my god, the Hints ponytails. I have seen the Hints ponytails. Yes, yes. That's so good. Funny tails are so cute. Oh my god, these are really funny. And um, this is also where I found out that there's a victory green drink at Dunkin' Donuts. So thanks for sharing that info. <laughs> did you know that? I did. I did know not that. know that. I'm probably, it's probably just Dallas area. Macchiato. I'm going to I'm going to Dunkin' and ordering a victory green iced caramel macchiato. I mean, I've never actually. I don't go to Dunkin' because we don't have one near me. But like. Um, I haven't been to one in a million years and I have not tried any of their coffee ever. Oh my gosh. This otter. This yeah. otter that she drew. <laughs> oh, my oh my God. Some of these are so good. I like the portraits. <laughs> oh, the portraits are beautiful. 
<laughs> Phil Castle with the hot dog. <laughs> This is so good. Oh, did you see this thing she retweeted? <laughs> okay, it's a dude with a shirt that says, I am not the stepfather. I'm the father that stepped up, and it's captioned Jason Spezza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. God. This was a joy. Thank you so much for sharing it, Shani. This is fantastic. You can follow her on Twitter, at Drawn Terribly. D-R-A-W-N-T-E-R-R-I-B-L-Y. And they have a red bubble, so you can purchase some of these things if you wish as well. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she is on Redbubble and apparently has made quite a few sales. So do it. Buy some stuff from her. It's great. Specifically Sister Klingberg. Specifically Sister Klingberg, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I Which mean, also, the choice is guess, clear. One final happy thing as we wrap up here. Klingberg's baby! Yes! Klingberg is a dad! Klingberg's baby was born right before we started recording this. Or I guess last yes. night, but the point is, in time for the All Happy Things episode, which feels I feel like, like fate. he knew. It's fate. Yes. That's it's all we have for you this absolutely week. Absolutely fated. Um, listen, you guys, I hope that you have enjoyed this All Happy Things podcast. Um, if you're still here in this episode, thank you for hanging around, listening to us talk about not hockey for a very long period of time. Um, we hope that this has made you happy. Um, and if you would like to share happy things with us at any time, please feel free. Yeah. And you can share those things with us on Twitter. I'm at Classlicity. I am at Marinish. And our official hockey, our official hockey Twitter, our official podcast Twitter is at Deep Heart Hockey. Uh, you can also email us if you have a longer question, comment, or happy story at DeepHeartHockey at gmail.com. You can also find our blog, which has many posts over the years that have made me happy, at DeepHeartHockey.wordpress.com. That's it, right? That's all we do for this podcast? That's all we do for this part. <laughs> yeah, bye! Yeah, bye! <laughs> Is that all we do? What do we do next? I can just picture Carolyn absolutely fucking panicking. Like, wait, what's the next step? <laughs> Shit! You do I say goodbye? The, I'm sure my face up? looked completely blank. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was like your, like your controller got disconnected for a second. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha